Hello friends, thanks for tuning in. We're glad to have you with us. So today we're coming at you from the campus of Syracuse University, right here in Syracuse, New York. And so I have a special guest with me today. As a matter of fact, this is our second interview. We did one a couple of years ago. And I'm with my good friend and a client of mine, Jerry Ivensky. So Jerry, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm delighted to be here with you. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. And. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago we talked about Jerry's experience in dealing with Parkinson's disease. Well, we've been working out a lot over the past few years. Well, we, we have been working out. Yeah, yeah. so this One is a running joke working. during the workouts. Jerry's been working out a lot over the past couple of years during right. our session, putting in the work, and I'm so proud of you for what, you, what you're doing, too. I appreciate it. Um, so what I thought we'd do, we're kind of going to revisit some of what we talked about a couple of years ago in that interview, but also um, see what's going on since then and how what Jerry is doing as far as his activities, because they're really active doing a lot of things, how that has translated into uh, dealing with Parkinson's, how it's helped him deal with Parkinson's disease, move better, uh, avoid falls, and things of that nature. So before we do that though, do you mind just sharing with with our viewers and our listeners, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a southern boy who lives in northern climes. <laughs> I uh, work at Syracuse University, I teach economics, a lot of introductory economics. I do research on ethics and economics, particularly my mentor is Adam Smith. I have two kids, I live nearby, and I enjoy working with my coach. Well, we have a good time. We do have a good time. Well, at least I do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do this, Jerry. Do that, Jerry. Yeah. Let the torture commence. Um, so, yes, in fact, that's how we met, as I was in his economics class a few years ago. Good student, I might have. Thank you. Thank you, and I learned a lot in that class. Um, we, we met during about mid, really met, um, got to know each other mid-semester. Um, so, I didn't even know how long it's been, but it's been a few years we've been working together. And so, um, I want to just share, first of all, you were diagnosed seven years ago, right? Correct. So Correct. right now, as we're recording this, this is uh, July 11, 2017. It was 2010, sometime, sometime during 2010. Okay. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you I was at the time of diagnosis? I was 61 to 62, somewhere in that range. Okay. Um, what were your first symptoms? I, I know the answers to most of these things, but we wanted to bring the answers to you. What were the, what, how did you f um, find out about this? I was aware that my hand was had a tremble. I didn't want to call it a tremor. I sort of ignored it because I thought it might go away. So my friends began to point it out and I realized it wasn't going to go away. So I went in to find out what was wrong and that's when I got diagnosed. Okay. Now. Um, right side is what, what was tremoring, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. As you can see, it still does. <laughs> okay. Right. So um, so you went to the doctor. You must have made your way to a neurologist at some point. Correct. How long was the gap between somebody pointing out the um, go get checked and then getting an actual diagnosis? Well, given the complications of getting an appointment set up, it was probably a couple, uh, two months, actually. Okay. Maybe even more. There was a gap. Okay. Because that's, that's something I find in my travels um, and teaching workshops that 
Some people are diagnosed within a few months or a couple months. Sometimes it takes a year or two or, or years sometimes. And as soon as I walked in and got observed, I was diagnosed. It was pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, so you got the diagnosis. How did you feel? What was going through your emotionally? How were you feeling? Um, how did how did you handle that? How did you process and go through that particular uh, uh, that that news? It was distressing to say the least. I mean, it's it's one of these things that's not going to get better and it could get really bad. So my first thought was, well, we're you know, okay, well, how am I going to deal with this? And I, that's actually. I started thinking about exercise, and I asked the doctor to diagnose me how, you know, what kind of constructive thing. I mean, I got various kinds of prescriptions for it, but I knew there was more to it than that. So I just thought about how I could build up my body to sort of—I can't stop the process, but ameliorate the process, right. make life more tolerable, make it maybe slow it down if humanly possible. But I didn't want to. I didn't want it to define me. That's. From, I guess that's the biggest thing I thought to myself was I don't want this to define my future. It's a part of my future. Getting old is a part of my future, so it's just part of getting old. Interesting you say that because I had the conversation. Of, I've had that conversation many times about. Um, I have Parkinson's, but it does not define me. It's not who I am. Right. And it's actually a become a part of the workshops now. It's become a part of, um, so the trainers realize, first of all, it's a terrible way that I say this, but I want to really, I want them to be caught, their attention to be drawn to this, is people with Parkinson's are people too. <laughs> and so what we mean by that is they, it doesn't define who they are. It doesn't define anything other than they live with this condition, they live with this disease. It also doesn't mean it's the only thing they deal with. Exactly. I mean, we've had people with cancers, um, heart problems, all kinds of different things. So that's why it's kind of ridiculous to say it that way, but really I want it to stand out. People with Parkinson's are people too. They just happen to have Parkinson's and it doesn't define you. And not only that, I mean, I, I, everybody's got something. I have a very dear friend who has Alzheimer's. I feel blessed compared to him. I mean, it's, it's just by something, and I'll deal with it constructively. Well, um, I know that you inspire me a lot, too, because um, there are several reasons for that. One of those is just his whole fighting back approach and mindset to this. Another one is he beats me and does better than I do on many balance exercises. So that ain't saying much. I got some work to do, <laughs> especially the lateral ball toss. I tell you, you <laughs> nail that one every time, man. It's like, Jerry... This is great, though. I don't. I'm, I'm. I'd rather have you beat me. Honestly, I think it's great. So, you have now been diagnosed. You've gone through this fighting back. Um, you, you've come around to. Um, it doesn't define me. I'm going to move forward. It's a part of my future. I'll deal with it the best I can. Um, now, I happen to know that before you were diagnosed, you were very active. Right. So you. Can you tell what you were doing for a long time before that? Well, for many years I ran about six miles a day, and then I hurt my hips. So see, that's some of those things you get. So I switched to swimming, and I swim about 35 minutes a day in the morning. And I did that for years. And I'm very conscious of my heart rate, so I try to keep it in the 50s, my resting heart rate. To figure, even before I had Parkinson's, I thought to myself, the, the better my body's taken care of, the better it'll take care of me. 
Yeah, your heart rate is great. You've, I mean, he's still swimming, right? You're still swimming a lot. You're at the gym lifting weights, and then we're doing our stuff, the balance stuff. Yeah, my like my my triple process is swimming for cardiovascular. I do leg lifts and pull-ups and things like that in the gym for body strength. And we work together on strength, balance, recovery, and core. Like fall recovery. Work fall recovery and core. And those three dimensions, the cardiovascular makes my body just well-tuned for the most part. Strength gives me the ability when I do have recovery issues for falling to, to actually implement my recovery. The balance stuff is really crucial because it, it sort of gives me, it's like muscle memory that I, once I feel myself losing my balance, I we do so many things that get me out of balance in our training mm-hmm. and recover from it, thank God. My body has this muscle memory is how to recover and I have the strength to do it with the weight lifting. Um, so a lot of you probably seen videos that I posted with Jerry. He's kind of famous now because when, <laughs> you're kind of famous now because when I travel around and people ask, Hey, Jerry's doing great, man. I saw him doing that thing. He is. He's doing really well. But what's interesting is we try to, we do implement, um, I, I'd say you probably almost fall, well, less than I do. I almost fall more than you at this point, right? Because I've, I've not been practicing my balance. <laughs> no, I just haven't been practicing balance. It's a horrible thing. Not nearly as much as I should. But anyways, he might almost fall 10, 15, 20 times in an hour. At a session, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it's designed to put me on. I mean, I sit on a wiggle board and it throws a ball to me, and I'm balancing on springs and touching the ball. Yeah, the the strong balance board, yeah. It's very difficult, but it's the whole point is to sort of maintain my balance while I'm trying to catch something or jumping through the horizontal ladder on the sideways on one leg or backwards. I mean, it's all a matter of putting myself in awkward position so I can catch myself. So in some ironic sense, the easier it is, the less I'm learning. Don't don't take that to heart. No, no. Well, but that's what we want, though. We want this to translate into, and what uh, you've told me stories. I don't want to give you stories away. You might want to tell a story, but I just remember you telling me one story about how you were leaving. I think it was whole languages, something about stairs and a railing, and you could have gone down. But it's like your body just went into recovery mode and didn't right. let you fall because you've almost fallen like 5,000 times, times in our workouts over the past few years. Right, and I was, I mean, we get a lot of snow and ice in here around here in the winter, and I remember one time I was walking the dog, and the dog pulled me, and I was on my way down. It's not that I won't fall sometime. I mean, I know it's inevitable. But the longer I can put that off and the more I can recover in terms of at least impact, which is another thing I can do because I'm strong enough, I think, the consequences of fall, the probability of fall is lower and the consequences are less severe. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but anything I can do to ameliorate that process to make it less likely, I'm happy to do because I want to extend my quality of life as long as possible. Yeah, and that's that's uh, one of the statistics out there. If I'm quoting it right, um, first of all, we, we can define a faller versus a non-faller. So if somebody who falls, is even if it's just once, they are now in the faller category, right. and you're not there. No. So, bravo I'll be with there that. Eventually. Well, I mean, maybe so, but maybe not. You know, because you're doing. Well, the longer I can put it off, the better. Yeah, exactly. And then, so, then when you have that first fall, 
your risk of fall goes up. And if I remember the stat right, I'm pretty sure it's exponential. It's like three times as much as likely to fall in the future if you fall once in the past six months or a year. And if you fall twice in that time period, you're six times more likely to fall. So the longer, the, the whole idea is avoid falling. And the complications that can occur from that being what would happen if you fall down and you hit your head and you hit it the wrong way and get a concussion and there's all kinds of things that can happen from a fall that could be potentially, um, well, actually deadly in some cases. Right, and I actually have osteopenia, which means my bones are a little bit thinner, so I'm more vulnerable to breaking bones. Exactly. So I'm even more conscious of falling than I would normally be. So anything I can do to make this not happen and extend my quality of life is well worth doing. What we do, I can, I'm convinced, helps a lot. Well, we've talked before about how you don't have the counterfactual to know, like, if you never did any of this stuff, right. where would you be right now? You, you don't know. I'd be a slug. <laughs> and I'd be on the ground. But you do this stuff, and I know you've come in at various times, and you'll say, you know, I was in the hallway or somewhere, and I felt myself, you know, starting to uh, maybe lose my balance. I was turning, and I started to lose balance. But boom, I caught myself. Because he catches himself constantly. Regularly, I would say, yeah. for sure, no question about it. And I mean, when I say that, I'm referring to our workouts. So outside yeah, of the workouts. Outside the workouts, it happens with some regularity because I just have balance problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an inevitable part of being a Parkinson's person. Balance isn't as good. I walk like a drunken sailor down the hall. But I walk down the hall and I get from one end to the other without falling. And that's a victory. That's what I'm working for. So did you mention to me once that um, when you're walking in the hall, if you have a line to follow, do you do better? If I have an orientation line, yeah, 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 like the seam and the, the tiles. The tiles is a, something I can watch, and it really helps actually. I mean, I'm very conscious of strategies for success because it's all about. I can't beat Parkinson's, but I can at least cope with it in a constructive way. If I'm not constructive about it, I get depressed. And I don't want to be depressed. I like my life. And i got a lot to look forward to. So the longer I can hold it at bay, or at least slow it down, and cope with it constructively, the more quality of life I'll have, which is my goal. I think anybody's goal, for that matter. Sir. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to know what are, I kind of know already, but I, I would like you to share with them, if you don't mind. What are the exercises that you feel are most beneficial to helping you to move better, um, improve balance, stability, let's say reduce falls? The exercises that translate to um, overall better daily functional movement. I think the most directly useful ones are like the horizontal ladder where I hop through on one leg. Are you speaking, I'm interrupting, it's the uh, agility ladder. Okay, yeah. the, I don't know the terminology. That really helps a lot because I, there's a lot of awkward movement as I hop in one leg to sort of stick to landing and lose my balance as I do, and inevitably do, and more so my right side because my right leg is my weaker leg. Um, the wiggle board you called it? Um, so in the industry I think they're called wobble boards? Wobble boards, okay. This one in particular is the, the strong balance board. So strong balance board if you're watching, um, we love the product, well I love the product. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't believe I know that he likes it too because how it translates. Castor oil, it's good for you, but you don't love it. I know he likes it too because of what it translates to. If you want to share, yeah, because I mean, you're on. I described it a second ago. You're on this board that's in springs, and so you're sort of having trouble even without any other responsibilities. Just standing up when it's a problem. Then Carl will throw me a ball and I have to catch it and focus on the ball coming and keep my balance and that's a, that's a challenge but it's something that helps me train myself to maintain consciousness of my balance and how to compensate for imbalances, natural imbalances with the springs. And then we do uh, stairs, know, there's about 14,000 stairs on this one incline in Syracuse, the thousand stairs they're called. We do step to balance, so we step up and one leg, just hold it up and balance on it. As we're moving up the stairs, that's... that's 178 cool. steps, I counted. But it feels like a, a lot of steps. It's yeah, it feels like a thousand. Good for the heart rate, too. Damn right. Yeah. I mean, the, the things that put me out of balance that I have to compensate for are the ones that I think train my body to compensate quickly. And there's a lot of other things we do that I think complement that, like the core stuff we do builds up my ability to it's one thing to know that you need to compensate sort of mechanically. It's another thing to have the mechanisms to allow you to compensate, like the strength of your legs and the strength of your arms. Mm -hmm. um, so the, and the core is the central strength mechanism. So or with you on balancing core is probably the heart of my success so far. And swimming gives me the cardiovascular well-being, which I think helps my brain, actually. And working out in the gym with the weights helps me just have the strength to adjust when I catch myself. Sure. So uh, for trainers out there who are watching, one of the things we want to make sure we're addressing is safety first. So when he talks about the wobble board, <laughs> we've got a wall behind him. You know, we're not doing that one outdoors because there's the no one wall outdoors. The one way I'm outdoors. most vulnerable to falling dangerously is backwards. And those are the worst kind of falls. Yeah, so the wobble board is up against the wall. So if I start falling to the left, to the right, or forward, I can always adjust myself backwards. It's more problematic. And if I sometimes fall backwards, the wall is there. Yeah, because, I mean, you're throwing this ball at you, and you're right, like, if, I catch it right, if you jerk up like this and fall backwards, well, we, we have the wall behind them. So we're always thinking safety first. Um, we, if there wasn't a wall there, I wouldn't be doing that with them. I'd find something else. Uh, you know, with the stairs, there's a railing. So the railing's right there. If he steps up to balance and he's, you know, 170 steps up, <laughs> exhausted, 200 feet elevation, and he could go rolling down, but he's not gonna because I've got the railing right there and I'm right next to him. So always remember, these things are great to do. We want to make sure that we're, we're safety is the number one concern with any client. But if they have balance issues, we really want to be especially mindful of uh, putting them in a, a safe environment as possible, because the last thing we want is injury. The whole point is to avoid falling. Yeah. Yeah. So he may almost fall 20 times an hour during our sessions, but it's a controlled situation. It's the safest we can make it. Right. Now, let's touch on this um, cardio. So I... So first of all, we have no proof of this. Like, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to say also that I don't have proof to back this up. However, we know that when you're doing cardio, you're doing the running six miles a day for however long you were doing that, or you're doing the swimming, you've got your heart rate jacked up, right? right. So we know that when we're doing this, 
And those of you who've uh, attended my workshops or done some research on this, you're going to know that there's a growth hormone, a protein called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Excuse me. It's like my, my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, short for that is BDNF. That gets produced um, with, with cardio, repetitive cardio. Just raising the heart rate. Could be just walking as fast as you can for 20, 30 minutes. That, that protein is uh, also considered like miracle grow for the brain. Because what it does, according to research, and this is all just from neurologists, I don't, I don't think I ever had an original thought. <laughs> I don't make this stuff up. This comes from the neurology world and from experts. And you can get online, you can find out about this stuff. BDNF um, will help to, as it's created in the brain uh, during exercise, especially cardio, it can help to slow the progression of dying brain cells. So in Parkinson's, we know that the substantia nigra is the area that's starting to lose uh, brain cells. They're dying. And that's where dopamine's produced. And um, you can find out more if you just go online and look it up. But bottom line is if we can slow down the progression of those dying cells, that's a good thing. I know with Alzheimer's, uh, there's a study that came out back in March that um, they referred to BDNF as slowing death of brain cells in the hippocampus. That's the area of this effect uh, affected in Alzheimer's, right? So, but in addition to slowing down uh, the death of dying brain cells, it's believed, again, I don't have any proof, but it's believed by the medical world and neurology world that it also may give birth to new brain cells. Well, that's kind of cool, right? So you have slow progression of disease, Possibly, probably, let's say probably, um, maybe get some new brain cells. And then we're doing cognitive stuff too. We don't do it in every workout, but we were doing some stuff yesterday that was fun, right. fun for me. Right? So it always works. <laughs> this will be fun for me. Let's Carl likes it. Let's do it because it's good for you. What we're we going to do next? What will we? Yeah, we, he. So, um, anyways, we're, that is such a powerful thing. Now, but I'm taking it a step further. So you're active for for so many years before. You're doing this for a long time, running, swimming. We have no proof, but maybe it helped to delay the onset of the disease. It and couldn't have hurt. God knows it couldn't have hurt. It's yeah. certain, we know it didn't hurt. And I know a lot of the neurologists think that it could lead uh, help to delay onset of certain diseases. Uh, maybe it helped to delay your onset. And actually doing all these potential fall situations that are under control situation, those new pathways in my brain. Yes. So the, the cells that are still there learn new behaviors that are functionally useful. He told me yesterday he has, only has two cells and one is dysfunctional. I know that's, I know that's not right. <laughs> so um, The other one works pretty damn well, thank you. And as you can tell, we have no fun when we're together at all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible working with you. No, it's great working with you, actually. Yeah, I love it. We have a good time. I have a good time. Um, I think of it as working with somebody who worked for the Spanish Inquisition and just as on a sideline does this. <laughs> it's fun, right? Um, but let's go into that firing new brain cells thing, too. That's another area that's really important. So they say um, if you read the book called The Brain That Changes Itself, by Norman Doidge, D-O-I-D-G-E. It's actually my favorite brain book ever. And I just finished it. 
but I'm going to actually reread it again and go through with a highlighter and make some more notes. But There's another book called Jerry's Brain, which is only two pages. <laughs> okay, so anyways, <laughs> so um, they talk about like neurons that fire together, wire together, right? So think, think of, um, it's winter time and you're, in our area, Westcott Reservoir is a, a well-known place to go sledding, except they outlawed it now, but it used to be fun. So you have a lot of snow overnight. You're the first one out in the morning, and you're starting at the top of the hill, and you're making a new path in the snow, right? You never go as fast as that, because you're creating the pathway. But if you climb back up the top, take that same exact path down, it gets faster, faster, snow gets packed down, the pathway is nice and well-groomed now. It's like you're flying down that thing. So this is kind of how it is with our brain cells. When we learn to do something new, which you've learned to do so many things like at once, I can't help thinking you've got a whole bunch of pathways that are there now that weren't because of how you're performing. And so that my analogy basically is in the brain, these cells, it might be rough at connecting at first, but the more they connect and fire together, the more they wire together and we develop a new skill. Well, I would say indicative of that is the fact that when I go through the, what's the ladder called on the ground? Agility ladder. The agility ladder. I can do it more effectively now than I could when we started. Oh, definitely. With the same challenge. In yeah. fact, I can do more challenging things better than I could, that I couldn't do to begin with. So that, that's indicative of this concept. But totally, yeah. And that, actually, we've done quite a few things like that. Um, one of my other favorite ones comes from uh, my dear friend, Dr. Perry Nicholson, the Infinity Walks, the figure eight. Right, right, right. That's relatively new we started doing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, when I finally got the hang of it, then I could do it backwards. That was pretty cool, too. So, I mean, these are things that I can tell from the functionality of my body and what's easier to do. That If it's easier to do, I've obviously learned some... My brain cells are firing on more efficient patterns for the challenge involved, which is analogous to the challenges I face in day-to-day -day life. Well, I've... Uh, being serious for just a minute here, I <laughs> maybe for ten seconds. I seriously, I'm so I am so proud of what you've been doing because you're such a great you're a great example of somebody who's uh, committed, doing what it takes to maintain or improve. In your case, you're improving. I would say certainly your movement, um, that quality of life, and you're not letting this thing beat you down. You know, and I, that's, in, that's an inspiration to me, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you uh, back again and do this, this interview, is just to talk about more details about what we do, because we, we just talked a lot more now than we did in the previous interview, and um, hopefully this reaches some people out there and inspires them. I hope it inspires you, because I know you inspire me greatly. Well, you know what I would say to people who, I mean, I'm, there are people in much worse condition than I am, but... Whatever your condition, you want to enjoy your life as much as humanly possible. And if you can make it better by working with somebody like Carl, who does wonderful things for me, find somebody to work with because it's it's worth the work. It's really worth the work. Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing great, man. You're doing fantastic. It's a team effort. It is. <laughs> we are a team. I am. Uh, long term, it's the long haul we always the say. Long right? haul. We're in this for the long haul. We're both in it for the long haul. Hopefully it'll be a very long haul. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? 
It's a twerp. <laughs> hey, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and a wonderful one at that. Well, thanks, Jerry. A pleasure. Thanks Always again. Pleasure. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, if you go to parkinsonsregenerationtraining.com, you can find out some more information about the workshops that I offer. Um, we have some exciting news coming up about another project real soon, which uh, we'll announce uh, when it comes out. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And then, you know, uh, get online, go to the, uh, just search my name, Carl with a K. So Carl Sterling, S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. Uh, go to YouTube, put that in, you're going to see a channel pop up. And you can see a lot of things that we do. I have videos with uh, quite a few with Jerry and then from workshops all over the country. Uh, so you can get an idea of some of the things you can do to help yourself if you have PD or if you're a trainer, things you can do to help your, uh, your clientele. So with that, thank you again for tuning in. Thank you, Jerry. Good luck. Yes. Have a fantastic day.